Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Introducing The Corner Booth, a football podcast covering the latest trends and news in college football and the NFL. Here are your hosts, Jared and Mark. Welcome in, folks, to The Corner Booth podcast. I'm your host, Jared Clem, alongside Mr. Owen 5, Mark Riley. Mr. Owen 5, Mark Riley. You know what? I'm, I'm over it. I'm already over it. I have no faith. There's there's nothing I can come back from. I can if I pick your team, run. You're not gonna like it because they're not gonna yeah. win. It's just how hey, it's so you're work. you're picking the Cowboys this week, right? I'm gonna start picking teams I want to lose. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I watch he goes undefeated this week and I will fire him from the podcast. Like, I'm just like I'm done. I will not so I'll be in so much rage. But you know, honestly last week was just insane. You know, like we had a lot of like you know what was disappointing was like we had two we had really like one truly good game in this in for the championship championship Saturday and then we had about a giant pile of garbage for the rest of them. So with that in mind, Mark, I think it's time to crack open a six pack. What do you think? We are cracking up a six pack. We'll start off with the first one is uh except we'll save the best college game for last, which was the Bam game. So the first one, uh Big Twelve Championship, Oklahoma and Texas, little Red River rivalry uh repeat i think oklahoma got their revenge game um it was actually kind of a good game if you watch i watched the whole thing and texas had their chances man they had that fumble hollywood brown had a long play fumbled it and then the safety really just kind of blew it for him but uh it was i mean yeah i mean big 12 football i mean it was actually some defense which was like the most amazing thing in the world to me like oh my god i saw the score i'm like that's a big 12 game yeah. Wait, what? Like, I mean, then again, Texas is like the only team in the Big 12 that's known for producing defensive stars. Yeah. So it's like, besides Gary Patterson's Longhorns, but that's like back in the day, but that was about it. So I was kind of like, I was not as blown away because it's like a Texas game. So it's usually Texas games aren't ridiculously blowout. Like, usually it's Oklahoma, usually it's like Bedlam or or like Baylor versus like Texas Tech, which are like blowout, like giant scoring games. But this wasn't that bad. Honestly, Kyler Murray played played great, and he is the reason his team is where they are. He proved he was the best player on the field, and I will have more on that later. Yep, so then the next one is we're just going to do two uh, uh, two college games for the six-pack because, like I said, the championship weekend wasn't that great, and that was – the SEC championship, uh, Alabama versus Georgia, and now that was a game. That was wild. 
That game I watched, and you know, it was, you know, it was a good game. My cousin, who's not the biggest college fan in the world, he's friends. He's a friend of Kevin's, and he's, you know, of course, he's my cousin. He's like a little brother to me. Shout Hello, out to Kevin. Andrew. Shout out to Kevin. Shout out to Andrew. Uh, but yeah, no, he te- he we were in the Xbox Live party. And he was saying like, "Yo, I'm watching this game right now," and I'm like, "All right, I gotta watch this." So I threw on uh, the Spectrum app on my phone. I'm literally watching the game on my phone while I'm playing some Red Dead, and I'm literally watching this, and I'm seeing Jalen Hurts just tear up that Georgia defense. And I'm like, oh my lord! It is just like it is like the, nothing can phase Alabama. Georgia played it great. Jake Fromm looked great, except for that last pick. But you know, I well, the play that is also lost in the game was the one of the worst fourth down uh, fake punts I've gonna, ever seen. I was gonna let you hit that one. <laughs> oh my god! They put Josh Fields in, who's obviously their backup, this uh, five-star recruit, and he hasn't been in punt formation all game. So. No shit when you throw him in there. Something's up. And he panicked, man. He's never, like, he did not know what to do with that ball. Fourth and 11 from the 50, punt the ball, put Jalen Hurts in that spot, and uh, Kirby make Smart him, definitely make him calls you. I, exactly. I think this. I think this is. I think it's. You know, there was always that old adage, and Mark Rick could never win the big game at Georgia. I think Georgia can't win the big game at Georgia. Yeah, it's. Just, it's. Uh... It doesn't care. I don't care who the head coach is. Georgia played their way out of the playoff on this one, and it was very deserving. Alabama is the best team in college football. Prove me wrong, like that meme. Like literally, I'm going to be sitting there with a <laughs> bottle of this nice whiskey I'm drinking right now, and literally say, "Prove me wrong," because. And by the way, today's podcast of uh, my drink of the week is uh, Wild Turkey Long Branch, uh, Matthew McConaughey's signature one. It's actually very good. It's very smooth, but uh, very smooth, amazingly. Smooth. So yeah, I like said water chase. You know, this is beautiful. <laughs> so yeah, like I said, uh, it was a great game. Um, the ending obviously didn't go George's way. I was, I mean, the whole college playoff, which we'll get to in the report card, but that would have been all shaken up if <sighs> they would have pulled that upset. I, but well, w- would you have said? I mean, there are one lot. Like, let's play hypothetical for a second. Alabama loses that. Like, like Jalen Hurts plays like garbage. Yeah, they're the four seed. They're only a one loss team. So, I think it honestly wasn't it. It wasn't as much of a Alabama was playing with house money and they ended up pulling it off. But like Georgia was playing for their lives and they couldn't pull it up. They couldn't hang on. Yep, they blew it. Like I said, they had opportunities. They blew it. That fourth down call was up there with one of the worst calls. I mean, I you know. You know, you talk about Kirby Smart being such a good offensive mind, but you can tell what a coach is really made of on those fourth down clutch plays where they need to make something smart. Like our boy Dougie P, <laughs> balls of steel. Yeah, t- Kirby well, Smart, not so much. <laughs> Kirby Smart, well, he's I think pretty sure he's more of a defensive guy. He was the defense coordinator when he was with the yeah. with Bama. But either way, balls of steel or not, you, it's just. More of the execution. I mean, that's. I know. It's, you know it, it, it was this bad personnel call. Like, you shouldn't put a guy in there who's never been in. And then also, you. Ha- it's like, if like, if it was like they're like they're a running back who honestly is in the punt formation a lot, who had a decent arm enough to get a ball twelve yards down the field, that's fine. But the problem is, like, you put in a kid who literally has never played special teams probably since elementary school. Yeah. So yep. what do you expect? All right. Let's All right, on to the NFL. NFL. Yeah, so uh, which one do you want to tackle at? Uh, you see that little football I mean, we punt? Probably, we, can probably tackle the, uh, we can probably tackle the Monday Nighter first because this one's got some implications going forward. The Monday Nighter or the Thursday Nighter? Actually, you know, actually, let's hit the Thursday Nighter because it was. It, I I'm still I'm still dumbfounded, and now every Cowboys fan and their mother is thinking they're going to win the Super Bowl. So oh. 
my one friend that I texted, I gave him a week after we won the Eagles won the Super Bowl. My one buddy, who's a Cowboys fan, I texted him like something not even that bad. And then what did he? I haven't heard from him about it at all. And who's the first person to text me after that Saints game with a little freaking winky face? I was like, oh, look who decides to come out of the woodworks now. I know. You know, the best part about this is is that uh, first of all, Thursday night games are the biggest crapshoot on the planet. I picking a Thursday night game is like literally t- playing Russian roulette. No, scratch that. You ever seen those magician tricks where the woman's on the spinning board? Now trying to pick a Thursday night game is like being hammered on about eight shots of vodka and having a throwing knife. You got to not hit the woman on the board. It's like y- you can't. It's impossible. Like I remember a couple years ago, the Dolphins pulled like this monster upset over whoever the AFC top seed was that year, and I I couldn't believe it. And I think like you know. Philly wasn't supposed to beat Atlanta at home, but then half of Atlanta's team gets hurt and Nick Foles beats them by one point. And it's Thursday night games are the biggest crash on the planet. Teams are never ready for it. The only Thursday games that are legitimate like games are Thanksgiving because they're prepping for that for a week. Oh yeah. But it's like something different about playing on Thanksgiving, but Thursday night games, I love them. I never want them to go away, but picking them as a sports writer is impossible because you never know what's going to happen. I thought that, yes, it would be close for a little while, but then the non-Byron Jones cornerback of the Cowboys was going to get smoked over the top, and then, oh, look, we're looking at a blowout loss. I think also the Saints were riding too high off that Philadelphia win, and they kind of... They started struggling. They struggled a little bit with Atlanta, and then now they're struggling a little bit. I think, you know, they peaked against us, a team that literally had no cornerbacks left. <clears throat> and uh, I, I I think New Orleans – I think L.A. is still the best team in the NFC. I never yeah. sold on – I think New Orleans caught us on a bad stride, and it just made everything look worse. Yeah. I mean, I just – that whole game, it was just like – it's just the, the – I've never seen the Saints look so flustered like that defense for the Cowboys. And I just think it's funny because you said last week you were like, I mentioned how I was like, I don't know. I have a weird feeling that this is going to be like. You were right. From- and I will I will happily admit for once in the goddamn world, Mark was right. But guess here- what happened? I did not pick them. I, you know what? I should have just went with it and then maybe they would have lost. I know. And then we would be talking about how Philadelphia. I'm pretty sure you see. Yeah. I'm pretty sure you even said you were like, you should pick the Cowboys this week so they lose. And now I'm going to start picking them from now on because hopefully they'll freaking lose. I hope you have this superpower. (laughs) That'd be wild. But uh, yeah, so after uh, after that, we'll go uh, Vikings Patriots. All right, so this was, you know, so funny. I had a couple of former uh, kids I used to hang with in college that I saw that all steps there up at this game. And this is my, I call this the Marcus Klimbo, my father. Shout out, great man. His two favorite teams are the Patriots and Vikings in reverse order. And he... Unfortunately, I had to watch the Vikings-Eagles game last year with me in the NFC title game. The poor man had to sit by as I literally blew up and watched <laughs> like that. Blowout. Oh, my God. That Patrick Robinson pick six. I think I jumped so high I hit my head in the fan. I was so excited. <laughs> and then every time like Al- the Alshon Jeffrey touched down in the pit and the – then the Derek Barnett strip sack, and it was just like it kept going and going and going and going. And I'm just, and my dad was just getting so frustrated. I felt so bad for him, but he didn't even get a chance to watch this game. And he was, he, he kind of, he was kind of ticked about it. But the Vikings, for Kirk Cousins, man, he was not the answer for them. They were better off with Case Keenum. Seriously, like he, I, it's like 
it's, 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 I feel bad for him almost because he has this like. I don't. I, mean, <laughs> I mean, I only feel bad for him just because it's like he's always in prime time. I don't know who did who chose to do it to him, but he's always put in prime time games. And other than what he beat the Packers in prime time, I think last week or whatever. That's the only time he's like he's usually every Monday night game. I think he's like one of the worst records, but. Again, I mean, hey, they could have just lost because I picked them over the Pats, so who knows? Um, I still don't understand yeah. why you picked that. I saw that pick, and I just started laughing hysterically. I'm like, I don't know. I thought I thought that – I don't know. I kind of had a funny – I thought the Vikings were trying to, like, kind of figure it out. I was like, oh, maybe they're – Well, here's the one problem. They don't run the football anymore. Like, Dalvin Cook, I have him on one of my fantasy teams as, like, a backup running back, and he literally doesn't touch the football anymore. And yeah. Latavius Murray – you have Latavius Murray as a backup. Holy God! You know what I'd kill for him to be a starter? Well, exactly. I mean, now, now we have now we have our, our the disciple of our Lord and Savior Carson Wentz, Josh Adams. But I mean, <laughs> um, like, like Jesus, I, I, I'm blown away. Like, I, I, I don't know, understand what Mike Zimmer's trying to do. Yeah. And John D. Filippo is the is the offense coordinator, and I would love. And apparently, there a lot of teams are interviewing. I would love if Philadelphia picked him up as their OC next year. That would be poetic justice. To have him back to coach Carson to another possible Super Bowl run, oh my God, I would I would cry. Well, yeah, because uh, I think he lost to like I think he was a lot of teams looking at him as a head coach, but now after this year, I think he's kind of fallen off the yeah, list for that. Also, you know, you're working with Kirk Cousins. The problem is Cousins doesn't have an arm. He's he's got a he's got a Colt McCoy kind of like beat Alex Smith B plus arm. Yeah. His his money is made in accuracy and just launching that ball with all of his strength and leverage. Like everyone thought he was a good deep ball thrower. Or when he had uh, Jackson, but then again, I could throw a good deep ball to Deshaun Jackson. I throw it far enough. Yeah, if you throw it like, far enough and high enough, he'll go get it. Yeah, if you just put it on the outside shoulder and the, the corner loses a step, it's touchdown every time. Yeah. It's not like it's not like Michael Vick or Wentz or McNabb are over the, fo- the football. Like it's gonna it's gonna travel. But you know, I just think I think Kirk Cousins was the most. I think Cousins fit better in Jacksonville, and that's why I was kind of like upset. I, I was upset, but like I'm like. He would have fit better there because their offense is more dink and dunk, rely on running the football. Where I think Cousins could have, if the Jacksonville Jaguars had Cousins this year, they probably would have been the best. Well, that's the thing that's crazy though. The Vikings' offense, like, what else do you need? They are they have a loaded offense, but he doesn't fit their offense. They have every they aspect. They have the away. receivers. They have the tight ends. They have the running backs. Like the right. offensive line, they I'm pretty sure is doable. Bombs away. The way that the, the Vikings' offense is supposed to work is it's a bombs away. Let Thielen and my boy Stephon Diggs tear up that field and then run the ball underneath with Dalvin Cook and Latavius Murray. And it, it's a good formula. But Kirk Cousins is a West Coast offense guy. He fits better in Jacksonville, which is a West Coast offense with with a good running back. I just, you know what? I honestly think they needed to go out and get a big gunslinger. They honestly were better with Keenum because Keenum will at least rip that ball down the field every time. Because Keenum, as much as I love how like he's a the world's best backup besides you know, our man Nick Foles, he the dude has no fear at ripping that ball down the field. He will. That's true. The Vikings are better off on Tyrod Taylor contract extension because at least he can, he's got an arm. Yeah. So, like, yeah. I mean, yeah. Either way, it's just cousins. The cousin effect is not helping them out. But uh, next game. Chargers and Steelers Sunday night. Man, was that a crazy game? I almost I went to, I went to go to bed at halftime just because it was like getting late and I was like I got an early morning and I checked my up my phone got updated. I was like, well, guess I got to go back out. Yeah, 
Yeah, I uh, I ended up I ended up watching the end of it, but like I was up because I I've, I haven't worked in three days, so like <laughs> I have my first day back of work since Saturday tomorrow. So I'm like I'm literally like I was up wa- playing Xbox and just kind of watching it like half like paying attention, and I saw the block the extra point and I'm like the the block field goal and I was just like oh dang it, I, I was like oh damn, Mark's gonna get this one, but what's crazy to me is the refs are just god awful. Oh well, yeah. And last the night, first, the first one. Like oh. God, even last night the refs were god awful too. It was atrocious. Yeah. Well, the worst part about the Chargers one was the very first touchdown pass to uh, Travis. I think is uh, whatever think Benjamin. Travis, he's a Miami yeah. guy, Travis Benjamin. Yeah. The first one to him, the right tackle was clearly offside. Didn't call that. The punt return was a pretty blatant block on back. Didn't call that. And then it's just the irony of it all to end with the Steelers. Going offside or uh, yeah, offside three different times in the game is just, and they called it every time. I mean, they went offside. There's nothing they can do about it. But yeah, yeah I mean, it's a crazy game. Good for the Chargers. Uh, Philip Rivers getting a big win. I think they can win the AFC West. I, I seriously do. Yeah, I mean, as long as the, I mean, the, I think the Chiefs gave up what, thirty-three to the Raiders. Yeah, and here's the best part. Uh, yes, they get Eric Berry back next week, but. The loss of Kareem Hunt is just going to kill that team. Yeah, yeah we'll he, get to that. He was a monster, and the problem—I mean, on and off the field, apparently. But um, yeah. all right. So yeah, that's up. What's what's left in the six one pack? more game for the six pack? Fly it? Eagles, fly on the road to victory. Fight, fight, fight. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we could go sing off this time. We probably lose about forty subscribers, right? there uh oh, by the way shout out to all of our subscribers you know who you are you hit me and mark up at the gym on, t- on text message on twitter facebook we appreciate all of you keep sharing liking subscribing show us some love i think next week we're gonna i think we're gonna me and mark are gonna set a little tw- uh follower content a little uh, subscriber contest so you only get the prize if you you have a chance to win the prize if you are only a subscriber we'll announce it next week uh, it could be some belly up swag, shout out, Twitter, whatever. We'll we'll figure it out. But um, yeah. yeah so the birds, the birds, man. Oh offense man, offense looked offense looked good. I mean, don't get it me wrong. Okay. Like, Redskins I am broken. A, I am. I, well, that Redskins defense is ups, is amazing. The defense is amazing. The Redskins, honestly, if the if the Redskins defense had had last year's uh, two years ago's Redskins offense, they'd be the best team in football. But the, the thing is, um. They finally load their defense up, and their offense is completely falling apart. Well, yeah, I mean, their three right guards have gotten injured. I mean, they're definitely broken. I mean, poor Colt McCoy broke the same leg that like Alex Smith did. Sanchez made an appearance. Like, you can't, you can't make it up. I but love like I said, the standing ovation that the Philadelphia faithful gave. <laughs> that was amazing. I literally sat there. I heard the cheering when Sanchez jumped around the field. I am like, this is great. I love my fellow Eagles fans. Like, this is like the perfect thing ever. Because you know, if, 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 for those of you who don't really know how much we hate Mark Sanchez as Eagles fans. The Eagles had a nine and three record after Thanksgiving. After Lashawn McCoy broke the hearts of every Dallas Cowboys fan Thanksgiving. And we ran for like 150 yards and two touchdowns. Um, after that game, the Philadelphia Eagles went one and four, um, lost. Uh, no, one and one and three, one and three, one and three, one, yeah, one and three. They finished ten and six. The Dallas Cowboys finished eleven and five. The Philadelphia Eagles missed the playoffs and then started the downward spiral of Chip Kelly's stupidity. Yep. But when he traded my boy Lashawn McCoy, I'm still forgiven in that one Napoleonic bastard for that. But. Um, 
I, you know what, that was like Mark Sanchez literally blew three of those games. The only game he didn't blow was the game that I think it was like that game that McCoy ran for like 200, like 300 yards or some crap. Yeah. Last game of the season, it was like a ridiculous game. But yeah, no, I, um, I look at it like this, uh, and even on, okay, so we're going to talk about quick refs. Did you notice the blatant hold on Camille Kruger Hill? Cruz Hill on that Adrian Peterson touchdown run where he literally got held, like tackled to the ground right in front of the runner. I did not. All I okay. saw was um, Peterson just uh, make three. Well, no, whoever it was, the safety was either it was Blanc or Graham, but either somebody overplayed it way too much. They overpursued and just completely. It was it a blow was, by. I can't believe nobody called him. I mean, that man can still move. Peterson's a freak, dude. His his. Tra- I'll send you a video of his. Uh, his uh, cardio workout, it's seven miles, and he does each of them at different speed. It's insane. But um, uh, so the, what I'm talking about is Camille Kruger Hill, Kruger Hill is our special team's ace. Long, lanky linebacker, fast as hell. He made the big tackle that, saved the, that ended the Giants' hopes of winning last year where he slid tackled OBJ after the lateral. It was actually pretty funny. But um, – he got held. I think it was their center. Literally, was tackling Cruz Hill to the ground in front of the in front of Peterson, and they didn't call it. And I was like losing my mind. Well, my dad's like, "What happened?" I'm like, "I don't want to talk about." It. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, other than that play, I mean, that was we played the we played the offense and, and the, the first and that, drive. And that was crazy. I when I saw that, I'm like, "All right, we're winning this game," because that was like the biggest thing. This, if we can do that, and you know what, the big, you know who had uh, 20 carries and 85 yards last night. Your boy Josh Adams. My boy Josh Adams. And, like I, like I, I. For those of you guys, check out. Uh, I wrote an article this week about Josh Adams, and I stick by it because when the Eagles run the football, well, now they can do that little balance with Sproles and Adams, and keep dumping screens off to Clement, who was a monster last night catching screen passes. Yeah. The Eagles are are actually a solid offense because now, and you know what the thing is. Next week we're not gonna have Golden Tate. We're not gonna have Josh Norman literally sitting in Alshon Jeffrey's back pocket all game. Because now they're going to be looking, try to slide Byron Jones off Golden Tate because they're going to think Tate's going to beat him. But then Jeffrey will be open. And we also have that uh, probably one of the best tight ends of football, if not the best, Zach Ertz. I would consider him in the top three, if not the best. So, oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. Sure. Even I'm going to show some love to his brother, late, to his uh, – to his teammates, bro- to his teammates' brother, who is the best tight, who probably is the best tight end in the AFC, not Gronk. Um, I actually, you know what? If I was going to do a tight end power rankings right now, I would put Earth one, Kelsey two, and Gronk three. And before everyone jumps down my throat, Gronk is so injury prone. Gronk has only played like what five games this year? I think around that. Yeah, Travis Kelsey is a freak athlete. Zach Ertz is a reception machine. Zach Ertz reminds me of a faster Jason Witten. He breaks out of routes. He's a nightmare to cover. And what makes this – he reminds me of like a Tony Gonzalez mixed with like Jason Witten. He's not as, a free, he's not as much of a jump ball freak as Gonzalez was, but yeah. he runs great routes like Witten did. And I, I have so much respect for Jason Witten. I'm going to talk a little bit more about that during the report card. But – Ertz, 10 catches last night. He broke Brian, uh, Brian Westbrook's record for most receptions by an Eagle in a season. I think it was 92. He's only uh, 28 away from breaking the all-time tight ends record for receptions in a season held by Witten. And I just I just think he's more of a dominant threat. I honestly, like, and you even look at, 
I just I Gronk passed his prime to me, and which is crazy because he's still so young. I know, but his injuries, injury years, he's like 35. He gets injured more than Jason Peters does, and that man gets hurt every game. <laughs> the only thing is, you got, but I mean, I'm, my ranking would be Gronk, uh, Ertz, Kelsey. The only reason is I'm great. I'm ranking them based off of when they're completely healthy, and Gronk's a, one of the best tight ends yeah, okay. ever. Did. Yeah, maybe I will agree with you on that. Maybe I will give I will give Gronk above Kelsey, but I think Ertz has surpassed Gronk. And it proved in the Super Bowl, like on the biggest play of the game, Zach Ertz made the play. When the Patriots needed a stop, Gronk did not needed a play. Gronk did not. I mean, yeah. yes, he had four Eagles around him jumping on him like like rabid animals. But I mean, still, he's supposed to be the best jump ball guy in the league, and he couldn't make the play. Yeah. I know I'm gonna I'm gonna hear hell for this, but you know I I just think <laughs> I think Ertz I think Ertz is a better tight end. Like if you get down to the bare bones of it. When you go scale by scale, in the fact is that now Ertz is actually they keep Ertz on the field now because apparently he's a damn good blocker. Yeah. Apparently he like when Brett Selleck left, that little evil blocking gene that Brett Selleck had went to Ertz because I see this dude out leading blocks and making like actually doing his job because that was the one thing Gronk had over him for so many years. But now I don't know. Yeah. All right, but yeah, the Eagles played great. The defense looked great. Um, we get Jalen Mills back next week, which I never thought I would actually say is a good thing, but it is. Uh, Craven LeBlanc, I love this dude. He's a he's boss. He's playing well. He's playing well. Razul Douglas got burnt on like the fourth play of the game. After that, played out of his mind. Dude was crazy. And I, I you know what? Don't count out the Philadelphia defensive backs yet. I'm just going to say that. Yes, it was Mark Sanchez, and this was a good tune-up game for them before they played Dak. But, like... I think they're kind of tired of hearing how they're garbage. Like, like Sidney Jones was tired of hearing how he was like, you know, he's, he's a liability. And Craven LeBlanc, who's been cut by like seven different teams, comes in, stops OBJ last week, and is playing out of his mind this week. And then you look at, uh, and you look at Razul Douglas, who like everyone thought was a liability too, and he literally kept Jameson Crowder in check most of the game. Come on. Yeah, I mean, they definitely played better. Like I said, you can't. I mean, I will see what they do against Dak next week because, I mean, it's Sanchez and. Amari Cooper's a monster. Yeah, hopefully everyone's ACL stay intact. We don't need him tearing another ACL. RIP. I will. I will, I will go and hit Amari Cooper's. I, I mean, like I will. I, I I mean, like I will do like an eye for an eye Hammurabi thing because like I, I it's just ridiculous. Like that was insane. I felt so bad for Darby. I saw his knee buckle. I'm like, oh god. Uh, yeah. It's all right. So, yep. That was our six pack. Philadelphia still alive. All right. It's time for the rundown, Mister Riley. False. What? It's not time for the rundown. We have that new segment. Did you forget? Yeah, yeah we moved players of the week up. I forgot. I thought we were putting that after rundown and then before. Whatever. doesn't matter. All right, we're doing players of the week. So I am going to go first because I am better looking and, you know, it's just I, I, I keep winning. So, you know, um, college football, I got to go Kyler Murray. And I may not – he may not win the Heisman, but this week he proved why he's the best player in the Big 12 over your boy Will Greer. Here is the reason. He came in, led his team to victory over a Texas team who kept that game low scoring, who beat them, I think it was like six weeks ago. I can't even remember. And it was it was him against the world. And yes, Oklahoma's got a decent supporting cast and they've got a good team, but Murray played out of his mind. I gotta give him the I gotta give him the notch here. It just he looked a million times like I know they got the Texas got this little phenom across the way, but Murray 
dominated that game. You knew he was the best player in the field the second he walked out there. And the fact that this guy, the two-sport athlete, just always seems to bewilder me. Yeah. And I will let you take yours. It is uh, pretty amazing that somebody can be this talented at two sports. But, um, I mean, Kyler Murray is definitely, uh, obviously, for college football, he's a good pick. I mean, you got, I got to go with uh, Jalen Hurts. I mean, to come in there, to uh, playing with that ankle, watching him getting that ankle rolled up on, I could feel his pain. But uh, for Jalen to come in, do what he did, he looked comfortable. His throwing mechanics were better. Um, obviously, the Georgia helped him out by giving him great field position, but you got to give it to him. I mean, not play all season. I mean, I guess he did play a good amount of second halves because they didn't play their starters in the first half okay, in most games. But, uh, I mean, yeah, i got to give man a lot of credit to come in there and act like it. I mean, his record as a starter, I think, what, 25 and, like, two until he got uh, pulled last year. Yeah. But I'm going to give it to him this week. I think he deserves it. So, those are for the college football. And then who do you got for NFL? I'm actually going to let you go first for NFL because I got this little surprise at the end. Oh, that's right. So, I'm going to go with Philip Lindsay. This man is making his name Missile. known. He's oh my so gosh. fast. Oh, my God. As soon as he it's, finds that hole, it's he poetry goes, watching him run, man. It hits the hole like it's nothing. I mean, he had 152 yards, I believe, two TDs. The Broncos are literally cruising right now, which I never thought I was going to say this season. I think it's actually because I said they were going to lose, and then I said their coach was going to get fired. So you're welcome, Broncos. Yeah, I'll do it Mark, again if you need Mark me to. Mark Riley curse is struck again. Um <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, Phil Lindsay. So dude, honestly, Phil Lindsay, I'm going to send you a care package. You single-handedly got me into the number two seed in our in my, me and brought uh, our uh, our our head of uh, digital media, Brian Lynch's fantasy league, our family league for uh, all of our cousins. I went from being the four seed and barely sneaking into the playoffs because of Lindsay and the Gurley's performances. I was able to win just off point differential alone to get to the number two seed. And now I am sitting very pretty in my fantasy league. But Phil Lindsay, man, midseason pickup, somebody dropped him for some reason, and I grabbed him instantly. Dude was a monster. so fast. And you know what? I was like, why are they playing Royce Freeman? And I saw why. Like, this dude, like, I don't even understand how this guy went undrafted. Like, I get he's five, he guess he's five nine, a buck eighty. He's like Deshaun Jackson's size, but he's a rocket. And I, it was like watching those old like college football highlights of like, like Adrian Peterson just absolutely just bla- or Chris Johnson just blasting through a hole and like nobody was even gonna touch him. Yep. He's the long. He's like he. It's the return of the speed running back, and it makes me so happy. Yeah, it is nice. The good old the good old days with D'Angelo Williams and. Chris Johnson just blowing through holes and absolutely, and even Priest Holmes, you want to go even farther back, just smashing through holes and absolutely in the gas. It was, it's great to watch. So, so who's your surprise I, for me this week? I'm going with the Kelsey brothers. <laughs> so first of all, big killer Trav. I love him, man. He's uh, well, not to mention me and him kind of look a little alike, which is kind of terrifying. Uh, even though he's like seven inches taller than me. Um, he balled out of his mind. Two touchdowns, 112 yards receiving. He's a top three tight end. There's no doubt in my mind. He's even coming up on sneaking up on Gronk. He's going to have to get better at blocking to come after and actually make some big plays in the postseason to come after Ertz. But, I mean, Gronk's injuries are making him like a look like a really good guy. And, I mean, we always see that one athletic tight end who comes after Gronk every couple of years. It was Graham for a little while. It was Vernon Davis before that. And, but, I mean, Travis Kelsey is just a monster, and he's just a freak of nature. And now with Tyreek Hill out, he's going to get even more targets because Mahomes is going to need a security blanket. That, and I don't think West is going to be the guy. So, you I don't know. Kareem Hunt out. 
Yeah, with Dream Hollow. Sorry. I was, say, I was like, don't tell me Tyreek Hill did something too. Oh, no. I mean, Tyreek Hill's got his own history, but I mean, yeah. I guess he's the exact. He also has the best touchdown celebrations in the league. So, um, so, and then I got to go, our boy, nobody likes us and we don't care. Jason Kelsey, the heart and soul of our Philadelphia Eagles team. He is, he, I saw, okay. So on the Darren Sproles touchdown run, you guys can actually watch this. You hear Jason, you hear Jason Wooten literally blow. Like he's, he had like a mental like epiphany watching, Kelsey literally shove Ruben. I think it was Ruben Foster or Mason Foster, whoever plays for uh, whoever the whatever Foster plays for Washington. He shoved him into Swearinger and blocked them both into the end zone as as Sproles gets in. He was and it was all the it was all the screen passes with Clement. He he's the best center in football. I don't want to hear this Travis Kelsey bull crap. Kelsey is just a bull. He literally is a big dude who's strong. Kelsey. Let's see Travis Frederick catch a linebacker and a safety at the same time and push them both into the end zone. He and he's playing doing all this with a partially dislocated elbow. It's not even close. Wow. He's, the best, he's the best center in football. He's of his beard in football, except for maybe Eric Well, even though I think he shaved it. He did. Um, it's very. I was. I didn't recognize him at first. Disturbing, man. But you know what? I got to give the Kelsey brothers my players of the week this week. They just both balled out of their minds, and the fact that the brothers, their parents, are probably very proud right now. So now it's time for the rundown. And yes, I, now I we are. That. <laughs> uh, so week thirteen rundown. All right, we have some interesting topics this week. Um, I'm going to start off with something that was kind of breaking news, and we'll go Kelly Bryant, the former Clemson Tiger quarterback, seems to enjoy being a Tiger because he chose Mizzou is where his next destination will be. Thoughts on that? It's very smart, actually, because Drew Locke's going to the NFL this year. Yeah. Really have a quarterback ready to roll. This makes Missouri an SEC contender because I, I at least enough to like consider them to be like you know like that second place like a, like the fourth best team in the west i mean second best team in the west maybe in some to come after maybe alabama lsu whatever and for kelly bryant he's going to an sec school with sec recruiting he's going to a good offensive quarterback heavy program that produces offensive guys every year for him this is the best case scenario the only thing would have been better if he like went to like uh, a team, a, a program's got a lot of national recognition, like you know, like a Miami or a uh, or a USC or Michigan State or Michigan or you know, just like you know, what I'm saying, like a big team that's gonna yeah. actually, or Florida State, just like some team that is gonna, sh- or even Auburn, like our boy Josh wrote about earlier in the year, and just a t- just a a team with a good national recognition who's gonna like his, it's for Kelly Bryant, he has NFL talent. But he needs to be able to prove it, and I think at least in Mizzou, they're going to let him just grip and rip that football and just let him tear up the entire SEC West. And honestly, he knows how to beat Alabama or at least stay in a game with them. So yeah. this also makes more sense for Missouri as well. I love it. It's an A plus to me. If I'm, uh, I'm a, I'm surprised. Like like the Miami and I, even just like. I'm surprised he didn't try to go ACC just so he could play against Clemson and get his like little redemption. But I said I I could see him rocking. The well, I think also the Miami well. decision. I think the Miami decision changed the second Miami turned their season around because Nikosi Perry finished here with three straight wins and he yeah. played great. And I, you know, the more and more I thought about it, when I said when we broke that, I think it was our second podcast, and I talked about it. I'm like, I was thinking about this. I was actually on the job. I was on the job site for my job, and I'm literally sitting there. I'm like, you know. 
if we bring in Bryant, that's going to destroy Perry's confidence. Exactly. So that's that. Like for a kid who literally got yanked by Mark Richt like twice this year was unjustly, and it kind of set him back a little bit. I think Kelly Bryant's going to the perfect situation. So I love it. I, I, if I, if we we're going to throw this on a report card, I'd give an A plus for both because it's it's great. I love it, and yeah. it's it's just going to throw a monkey wrench in Nick Saban's plans for world domination. Yeah. So uh, next topic is not somebody choosing to go somewhere, but somebody who was released, and that is Kelvin Benjamin got released from the Bills. I'm pretty sure some other receiver did too, not like a no-name guy, but Kelvin Benjamin, man, I think he'll actually decide to lose some weight and actually try to look like he cares about football, or is just going to go turn into a tight end? Um, here, there. See, there are three roads he can go down. Road one doesn't play football again. Road two. Becomes tight end. Road three, which is I think the smartest one for him because he's a great receiver, is he goes to a team that's gonna put like almost like how Albert Hainsworth had like that weight thing with the Patriots. Yeah. Same thing. I think I think our team's gonna say like you have to stand on 240 pounds or 235, whatever, and you just gotta play. I mean, like for him, this is his livelihood. He's gotta put instead of Stephen A. Smith going put down the weed, you gotta put down the fork. Like just stop. <laughs> Like, take it from a kid who had to lose 60, who lost, like, 70 pounds in the last four years. It's easy. You go to the gym, you don't eat crap, and you eat chicken and rice and broccoli, and you try to restrict the drinking to once a week. Yeah, especially when you have the access to, like, all athletes do. I I think it's his mentality. I would have, like, 2% body fat. Like, are you (laughs) kidding me? Like, this is insane. Like, Like, he has everything at his disposal. And he gets cut for being fat. It, it, there's there comes to a point where you're like, do you even care about the game anymore? That's the thing. Oh, he definitely. I don't think he does. I think that's the problem. But uh, switching it up from uh, football, got a little baseball talk. Um, Arizona Diamondbacks. This is a Shut little up. Close to your heart. Uh, Corbin, their uh, star pitcher, just was signed by the Nats, six years, hundred and forty million dollars. Their rotation is going to be Max Scherzer, Corbin, and. Uh, I'm drawing a blank. Um, uh, Strasburg. Strasburg and Zimmerman. And, and no, Zimmerman. No, hey, Zimmerman. He's on the. He's on the Tigers. I'm pretty sure. Okay, he's on the Tigers. Yeah, and then uh, Gio Gonzalez actually might sign with Arizona, so that might be a nice flip flop. Um, well, no, Gio actually was on the Brewers for the playoffs. I know, but he's not. A, he's a free agent. So. Oh, true. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, the the one team that's like been like pursuing is actually my Diamondbacks, which I hope we do because I love Gio Gonzalez. He fits perfectly in our our ballpark. But Patrick Corbin, thank you for your years of service. We should have traded you for Jose Fernandez when we had the chance before he died. Um, I'm not kidding. Literally, I didn't one. mean to laugh. I was thinking you. I, I thought you meant. Uh, I was thinking the King, the Mariners pitcher. Oh no, 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 no! Jose Fernandez. Apparently, the yeah. deal literally in the final day, like literally the final steps, like they were about to sign the contract and everything, and the Diamondbacks pulled out because they wanted to hang on to Corbin, and the Mariners Jeez. were like, "Okay, then no deal." Because literally they were about to send Corbin and two prospects to the Mariners for Jose Fernandez to the Diamondbacks, which would that was the same year we got Granky. And it still kills me because maybe Fernandez would still be alive and yeah. the Diamondbacks would have actually won made, made it farther than the first round last year. Yeah. So uh I like it. You know what? The Diamondbacks weren't gonna pay him hundred forty million because he's not even the best pitcher in our rotation. Robbie Reyes, he's had a down year. And uh honestly I don't think he's. I think he's gonna be good, but I don't think he's gonna be like worth 140 million. I I'm was just surprised that the Nationals did that. Like, I mean, I guess they're gonna try to go with the Mets effect. Like, I mean, 
Ibden only works with Mets for a couple of years, but like have a strong, uh, strong pitching staff, and then well, they're not signing they're, their guys. They're, they're not losing. They're not. Lo- they're losing Bryce Harper. He's going to Chicago, or he's going to like. I don't. Know. I don't even know where the hell he's going, but you know he's not staying in Washington. He's done there. So well, you know. there's talks with now the Dodgers are in talks, the Phillies, and the Yankees. So I don't know. Uh, if he was the Dodgers, I'm going to just quit baseball altogether. <laughs> Seriously, um, but I hate, hate life itself. Um, yeah. So let's get next topic. Next topic. Our boy Markel Fultz now. Hey, it's the bobble shot. <laughs> yeah, supposedly now there's information that he found out from a doctor or whatever source that there's nerve damage between his neck and his shoulder. No shit, but why are we just learning this now? Um, all right, I'm going to take a couple quick guesses. First off, now that they have a, a shooting guard who actually can play, they don't really need to rely on faults. Two, uh, I'm not going to name his name because I'm still kind of, I still don't like him. Um, uh, two, faults has, I, I just, I don't know, this just seems like a bad situation altogether. He reminds me of Greg Oden. I, yeah. I, I I get this Greg Oden vibe with him, just so dominant. He was this great player in college, and it just gets to the NBA. And it's like he, or who's the other guy? Royce White, the guy for the uh, the Rockets. I get that kind of vibe. Like there's one every couple of years where a guy just can't ball, yeah. and I just I, I get that vibe. I think you, the Sixers blew it in that draft because they could they could have had some good team good players, but you know. Oh, what for if, sure. I mean, it's just crazy. Like it's called a neurogenic thoracic outlet syndrome where the physical injury with the that affects the nerves between the neck and shoulder resulting in abnormal functional movement from the range of motion like obviously this should have been recognized since day one like how is this not fixed over two year period but either way I don't see him being a sixer for much longer uh, next topic um, we have is We'll go with uh, Mark McCarthy and how he was fired midseason. Kind of a douche move by the Packers, but kind of a smart move. I mean, the time was up. They knew it was fine. They knew they were firing him anyway. I, well, I mean, if they want any hope of keeping Aaron Rodgers past when his contract's up, they have to just hang on. And um, him and McCarthy's relationship was dwindling, and it, it's good to cut bait. I, I like the move. I think it was smart. And honestly, this is this is why I, my dream job, besides being a sports writer, would be working in front office because I would have made the same call. Yeah. It, you sometimes you know the season's done. You just got to cut bait. Joe Philbin has coached before. Rogers knows the season's over, so he can just kind of focus on just keeping himself healthy. Um, Packers are Packers are screwed until next oh, year. Yeah, they're done. The Packers are screwed for until they get rid of Ted Thompson. But that's enough. So, um, I, so yeah. Um, yes, that's that's about it, though. Let's move on. Uh, all right. Uh, big news broke out this past weekend. Uh, Cream Hunt. The video came out where he shoved his friend slash the same girl at the same time, and then uh, he kind of gave a little little kick at this girl at a, a hotel Mac- or wherever it was. Pat McAfee impression, on it, but he thought the girl was the football. Um, yeah, I mean, either way, it, it was, he it was, got it was awful. And I may I make a joke, but first of all, ladies and gentlemen, I'll tell you right now, you should never strike a woman ever. I, and and I, I I grew up in a fa- in a in a house where if you hit a woman like there's no excuse she better be putting a gun to your head or you have no excuse whatsoever. And to me, I think Kareem Hunt is scum. I the only person I've ever actually like the only person who's ever been involved in domestic violence who have actually like like even like slightly sort of forgiven was like 
and because he's rehabbed the, and all of a sudden is that is Ray Rice just because of the steps he took afterward. I, yeah. I don't say I've even forgiven it, but I've accepted him in society again as a human being. But what Kareem Hunt did was atrocious. It was disgusting. And I mean, unless it, it, I mean, there are reports that she was like yelling racial slurs at him. But like, I'm like, still, don't be an idiot. Walk away. Pull a Jay-Z. Just walk away. Yeah. Like, like I, I gotta say, like, listen to my boy Hove. Like, Solange went at him like a rabid animal, and he like just walked away. And like, that's what you have to do. Yeah, and I mean, he's obviously it's the stupidest thing on the planet. And like, these guys don't get it. And the thing is, there's no zero tolerance for this in society or in the NFL. And Kareem Hunt deserves everything he's about to get right now. And his career is over, and he deserves it for being a, an idiot and a horrible human being. Yeah, I mean, it's just. He there's supposedly there's another incident that came out that day he was in a nightclub and he was trying to get in a fight with like a bouncer or something. And then his did you see the interview he had to try to explain yeah, himself? I heard it was atrocious. I didn't oh, even listen. It was so bad. It was so bad. Like he was just saying like he all he kept saying is like he just didn't sound like sincere. I mean tried to look like he was. But like uh, I think it was Lisa Salters was like It was Lisa um, Salters. Yeah, she, she she was saying she was uh she's like, So are you going to classes and stuff? And he said, Yeah. And then he was talking about how, like, he's going to be going to classes. So she's like, you're not actually in classes. He's like, oh, no, like, we're working on get me going to classes. Like, so he lied about that. Like, he obviously was, like, frazzled. But it's like, dude, you got to, like, you got to be in yourself. front of this. I mean, there, it's okay to look frazzled if you're genuine. But if you're lying, you're frazzled, then it's different. I just, you know what? I just, it's it's horrible. And he deserves everything he's getting right now. Yeah. You never lay a finger on a woman like that. And this is why I'm so happy scum like Greg Hardy are not in the NFL anymore. Yeah. Or, or that, that fat defensive tackle from the, the Niners, who I hope is rotting in jail somewhere for being his pregnant wife. Oh, that's um, right. Yeah. So, like, it's people like that who's making me want So, to. continuing, I guess, with a little bit about domestic violence, uh, Urban Meyer. Oh, wow, that's a transition. Okay, so <laughs> he's rever- he's referring to the Zach Smith incident. Um, but yeah, Urban Meyer, I, I kind of we're gonna try to get on a lighter topic here because I'm about to. I, I hate talking about domestic violence; it gets me so angry. But um, Urban Meyer, one of the greatest college football coaches of all time, has been successful everywhere he goes. I just, you know what? I think his body can't take it anymore. Yeah. I just think he's mentally done, and I don't think he's going to pull Florida where he comes back in two years. And says, oh, I'm back. No, I think this is it. I think he's just done. He can't take it anymore. He has, I don't think he needs to. There's no reason to three, come back. Three national titles. He's good. He's done. He's set. He's good. Especially he, after this year, he was freaking out. He had this allegation. He comes back again. Something else happens. It might kill him. So, I mean. He uh, makes a heart attack on the sidelines. So you know what, Urban Meyer, for your health and as a college football, a lover of college football, you are a gem of a of a coach. Just just retire. You've had so much going on in your life. You don't have to be Joe Pa and and like die in the chair. Like just just take it, go. It's okay. I'll tell you one person who's smiling. Your boy Jimbo, Jim Harbaugh, Jimbo. is very happy. He's like, ding dong, the witch is dead. He's like, why couldn't you have done this this year where I would have won this I mean, game? I mean, Jim Harbaugh is a cartoon character. He's not a real head coach. So. That is, he may be a robot in there. No, but yeah, so that, he's, that, too, uh, he's too overly emotional to be a robot. You can, you can uh, what's it called, uh, plug in things to give emotion to robots. You wait. They're about to take over the world. That's another topic. Anyways, that is the end of this topic, the rundown week 13 that wraps that up. 
All right, so we're switching to my segment, so it must be better. Uh, the report card. We judge about five to six topics, and we give a 30-second explanation about why we picked that grade. So, Mr. Riley, first off, we've got Cam Newton. Four interceptions, was benched for the last play of the game. The Panthers are unraveling due to your curse. I got to give Cam Newton a D minus here. I got to give Ronnie Riverboat Ronnie a A plus for pulling Cam. The dude is just it needs uh, to step back. Yeah, I mean, I I, I don't want to give him too bad of a grade because everything that's happening to him is because of me and my picks <laughs> on them. So I'm going to give him a C just because I feel bad if I give him anything worse because it's all my fault. <laughs> I just spit out my whiskey just now, but um. <laughs> Oh, oh, my computer. All right, second off, college football playoff. It's been announced. Um, I may screw up this lineup. It's one Alabama, two Clemson, three Notre Dame, four Oklahoma? Yeah. Okay, good. I got it. All right. Um, I, I haven't looked at it in a couple of days. Um, I love it. It's the best four. I think Ohio State, was, Ohio State would have gotten their absolute head kicked in by Alabama. At least Oklahoma might keep it close. But this is Tua's championship to lose if he plays. Well, uh, it wasn't. Ohio State wasn't even next in line. Georgia got the five seed. Well, that's why it cracks me up. Like Georgia State hung around. At least Georgia. Like I got. I gotta love how the committee kind of like gave a nod that Georgia was a solid team all year, and they kind of just hung around. They're in the playoff, even if they're not really in the playoff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they're 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 the five seed. They're the first one out, which is kind of a. It's kind of a. It's not an honor, but it's not terrible either. It's kind of just that you're like, okay, I get it. I understand why. So, you know what? Because they gave the best team in the country the best game. They probably should have won. I mean, there was an argument, I guess, for them to even jump Oklahoma. But, like, they were, everyone's argument on Sports Center or anything these days was saying, oh. Two lost team that didn't win their conference. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, but they were saying it's the best four teams. That's what you want. And like everyone said, you can say the best four teams from the beginning of the season, but you still play the season. If you don't win those games, like, that's do, it. I still think you have to do six or eight because this is going to keep getting worse. I mean, I six think, would be perfect with this year. I know. You, you, what you do is you do six. You just have like the two te- the four, the two, the one and twos you get buys, yep. the NFL playoffs, and just you keep it going. The NFL. Yeah, I'm going to give it an A though. The NFL is a perfect playoff. The NFL. The only way a playoff system would get better is if they did seven, because then the only team that gets a playoff is the only team that gets an off game is the one seed, which I think is cool. But yeah. you know what? Honestly, uh, they need to expand the playoff. But this is honestly the best way they could have done. It. I give this an A minus. All right, cool. All right, uh, next up is the, the Ballon d'Or. So that is the essentially the soccer award for the great. Yes, we're talking soccer. Hold your applause. Um, that is essentially the soccer. That is the uh, essentially the award for the best soccer player in the world. And I'm trying to pronounce this name right. Um, Ada Hergenberg. Uh, she is a phenomenal footballer and. Um, the DJ who was presenting to the award, award asked her to twerk on stage. First of all, I wish I was joking. This idiot <laughs> said this to this woman, and I, I am I am mortified. You know what? First of all, as an athlete and as a human being, that's just that's insulting. I mean, if, if you're if you're at a party and you see you ask some drunk college girl to twerk, yeah, fine, whatever. But this girl is the best soccer, one female soccer player in the world, or at least recognized by whatever governing body I still soccer we have to ask our boy Peter because I, I I don't get it half the time I just watched the World Cup in the MLS but um 
This is just the truth. I did not I, see this, and I'm I just found I'm it, losing my mind. I found it on Twitter. It's it's it, and I am just mortified. This is I mean I'm not mortified. I'm just I'm just kind of disgusted, man. Like yeah, disgusted is definitely worse. Like this what is are you why doing? like this is like what sucks because like you know you got nice guys in this world, but me and Mark over here, and it's idiots like this DJ who literally give every man in this world a bad name because this woman earned this award. She's the best soccer player in the world, and. Just to keep in mind, the male equivalent of this award, uh, it hasn't been. I think Luca, Luca, something the guy from Mod, the Modric or whatever he won. Yeah, sure. won it this year. It's the first time since like '07 that Messi or Ronaldo ever won it. So that's pretty good company for this woman to be in. And it's atrocious that he asked her to twerk on stage. That's, that's terrible. It's it, you know what, guy's scum. He deserves to get like sued or whatever the hell's gonna happen to him. And you know, I give this. I give the DJ. I don't think you can give somebody lower than an F minus, but I wish I could. And I give the woman, I, I give uh, the woman for kind of like keeping semi composure. I give her an A plus. Yeah, same, same uh, grade. All right, so next up on the list, Jason Witten. So Mark missed this. So if you want, if Mark, if you want to exempt yourself, I will. Unless you want me to summarize. All right, so they were talking about the recent signing, how the Redskins picked Ruben Foster off of. I think it's Ruben Foster, correct? Yes. Okay, so Mason Foster is the one who played. Or, played, yeah, he's actually on so, the team. Yeah, they picked him off waivers after the most recent domestic arrest. And if you guys don't know, Jason Witten, he's one of the few Cowboys I actually respect, besides Michael Irvin because he played for the U. Um, he and his wife are like model citizens about advocating against domestic abuse. According to Witten, he had domestic abuse in his family. Growing up, so he's very against it. And so when... Uh, Tez of my football, I think Jason Tessarella, whatever the guy, the main commentator is not. By the way, I love the new lineup. Besides Booger McFarlane, I love that new lineup in the. Uh, oh, you mean Joe Tessator? Joe Tessator, I love Joe Tessator. I mean, waiting okay. Booger McFarlane can do without, and of course Lisa Salters is like the goat of women reporters. Says Aaron, Aaron, uh, Aaron Andrews. But I, he just went on this rant calling the Redskins horrible judgment. It's disgusting. He he went on a, he went on a five minute rant about this. And good for Jason Witten. I give you an A plus, sir. I stand up and I, I I got so much respect for Witten, regardless of the Zach. Even like when he was talking about my boy Zach Ertz before and how they do the jersey swap and everything. This really kind of showed me so much respect I have for Witten, regardless just as a man because he. In the middle of a Monday Night Football broadcast, where like you know ESPN is notorious for being very image conscious, dude takes a haymaker shot at Dan Snyder and the Redskins about their piss poor judgment. That's the exact word he used, by the way. And I got to give him all the credit in the world. A plus, my man, Jason Witten. Shout out, you killed it. And you know what? I, I got to give him all the credit in the world because he's right. I think the the fact that it not only does it make the Redskins a punchline for being the worst organization in the NFL, it, it's it's a horrible thing. You shouldn't be giving this guy until you find out that this was maybe like uh, like it was not even like it didn't happen or something. I don't even know the, the, the situation that this would work. But I look at it like this, and I'm way over thirty seconds. But you know, I, I can't. <laughs> this issue kind of gets me a little heated. But you know what? I give a Jason with an A plus. Washington Redskins, you get a double F minus. Yeah, I mean, I I can't imagine. I mean, I love to give Jason Witten terrible grades, but I mean, I'm gonna have to give him a solid grade. I give him the A for sticking up for what's right. So, I mean, yeah. Alrighty, and fine. Next up, we have a 
we have two more topics. We have the refs this this week for the NFL. Whether it's the horrible play calling of calling pass interference one play on the offense and then not calling it on defense on the next play last night, or missing three offsides for Pittsburgh, or, or like just it, it was horrible. Like the refs, is it just me this season? The refs just sloppy. And yeah, I mean they're all over the place. They're so inconsistent. That whole Chargers Steelers game, they were all over the place missing. Huge calls, not even just like rinky dink calls, but huge calls. And then they keep talking about how they're changing the crews and they're trying to get vet like refs and whatnot. It's like, dude, just get a crew that refs. I all want together. the replacement I mean, refs. Jesus, it's terrible. <laughs> and they're firing refs, or they're all they're all messed. I never it's crazy. It's, figure it's, it out. I think they're really trying to crack down on this because people are really getting upset because these refs are atrocious this year. And last but not least. My boy, one of my favorite rappers of all time, Meek Mill, Philadelphia boy, big Eagles supporter. He's like the Eagles official artist now. Like the Eagles literally release a new hype video for every game with a Meek Mill track, which makes me so happy. Um, his new album dropped Friday, Championships. If you haven't listened to it, I don't even care if you're a rap fan. It's awesome. The intro literally has a sample from Phil freaking Collins in it. In the air. And he's just, and it's going crazy. And I love it. There's Drake's in it, Jay Z's in it, Rick Jay Z kills 21, it too. 21 Savage is, I didn't even like 21 Savage, but he killed it. Even Kodak Black kills on this album. Yeah. And, and like, even my girl Cardi B is in this album too. And it's just, it's great. I, you know, Cardi B's a national treasure. We should just say she is a national treasure. I love her. I like her. I think she's funnier than she is a rapper, but we'll get that another day. I think she should have her own comedy routine, seriously. But, <laughs> um, she, but um, yeah, I'm gonna give it an A. That's I, a, it's an a, a, it's a good album. It's the best rap album I have listened to in the in recent memory. Yeah. I, it, I, I'm going back so far right now in my head. Uh, I, I maybe, oh man, holy crap. Rap best rap like I've never I haven't heard a rap album where I've literally listened to cover. I mean, four forty four from Jay Z, I loved, but a lot of people didn't. Um, I love Daytona from uh from uh I mean, just you know I'm trying to go back. I gotta go back almost like you know TS eight with Kanye, or like just like or Kid Cudi and just keep going deep back. And yeah. This is like one of the best albums I've heard in a while. Everyone's like oh going crazy about like Astro World and Drake Scorpion, but like. This would this would absolutely smoke it. Yeah, he, he definitely killed it. Mashed everyone, and he's squashed all of his beef with everyone. Like him and Game are on a good page now. Him and Drake did a song together. Like Meek Mill has come out as like the like the the prodigal son of rap music after being ripped apart in diss track after diss track. They getting arrested off some very very sketchily very racist kind of like racial kind of like sketchiness in a courtroom and. I, I I mean I'm not really gonna split hairs on politics here, but you know the guy has come out of the situation and and he's one of my favorite artists and honestly I, I I'm actually going to go see him in March and I'm very excited about it. But he's um, actually in Philly this weekend. It's just the tickets are outrageous. He's at uh, the yeah. one bar called Nodo, but yeah I'm, I can't afford that these days. Yeah I'm uh, I'm going to see him at the Harvard. Uh, I think at the XL Center in March. So I'm pretty excited about it. But uh. Yeah, no, I um, uh, 
it, it's it's dope to me. I lo- I love the album. I've I've been listening to it nonstop. And besides the Creed two soundtrack, this is like the best music I've heard this month. So, uh, by the way, Mike Mike Will Made killed it. Amazing soundtrack for a great movie. Yeah. Uh, all right, now we are that's that's it for report card. Uh, now we are going into uh Heisman picks because there are no college football games except for Army Navy and I honestly no offense to anybody who actually listens. I mean I, 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 I respect the hell of the veteran service members. I guess I pick Army. I don't know. I, I don't really follow their team that well and I think they're both like mid mid six and six kind of teams every year anyway. But uh you know what? Shout out to all the vets and to the servicemen and women. But uh I guess I'll pick Army. I don't know. Yeah they put up a fight against Oklahoma so I'd hope yeah. I mean I'm assuming. Yeah Black Knights Go for yeah. it. Well, oh, actually, no, they are going to win because they have some really, really, really. The uniforms uh, are yeah, they're fire. heat. They are heat. The big red wing uniforms are fire, and I love them. But uh, yeah, so we were both picking army here. But uh, Heisman picks the uh, the guys were announced: uh, Dwayne Haskins, uh, Kyler Murray, and Tua something 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 because I can't pronounce his last name. We'll just Tiger, Tiger, I was just going Tua Tiger Lover. <laughs> Tua, Tua Tiger Lover. I don't know. <laughs> I, I can't. Um, you know, I'm not trying to be offensive to Paul Asian people, but holy mother of God, that is impossible to spell. <laughs> when he came onto the field last year, oh my God, when he came on the field last year, I was like, this is going to be fun. Or even like Paul Amalu, which is so easy to sound out. Yeah, I think it's exactly. Tayavoga Loa or something like that. Yeah. I'm going to have to have like, Kevin, I'm going to get a, when we drop this tomorrow, Kevin's going to like call me screaming, it's Tua Tayavoga Loa. like, <laughs> Because uh, our boy Kevin's an Alabama student, so you know he'll, I'm only going to hear about this. But um, all right. So you know even though we're talking all about him, I'm going to go with Kyler Murray, and the only reason is he's. If you're going to do the whole, it's like kind of like a Heisman is the MVP effect. Oklahoma is not anywhere they're at without him. He single-handedly is taking this team to where they're at. Um, got his revenge game against Texas. And I also think Tua getting hurt in that game kind of and just not playing that well before he got hurt, I think kind of blew a shot. Especially because, I mean, that team is going to do whatever. They might even be with exactly where they're at with Jalen. So, I mean, I mean it's, I'm not saying anything. I'm not saying he's bad. I'm Obviously, I think he's one of the greatest, if not top two players. But I'm going to give it to Jalen. I mean, uh, Kyler just because of what he's done this year. And, I would love to see Kyler Murray win. I'll tell you why. He's a mobile quarterback who is a one-man army, which historically do great in the Heisman. RG3. Um, what's his face? Lamar Jackson. Mike, uh, man. If I keep going back, Troy Smith. Uh, but to me, unfortunately, the 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 and I, I know this is gonna bite me in the butt if I ever get hired by like ESPN or something going down the road, but the voters for the Heisman are morons. Holy mother of Christ, they are terrible. Sometimes there are sometimes they make picks like I, I understand Derek Henry had a down a season, but the year Mark Ingram won the won the Heisman, I I want to rip my hair out. The year that I think Jason White beat out Larry Fitzgerald, or um. Vince Young lost. I mean, Vince. Uh, Vince Young lost out to Reggie. I mean, Reggie Bush. I deserved that year, but um, yeah. was it the year Peterson lost? The year after the year after Bush, he lost out to somebody stupid. Oh, the year Alex Smith won, or I think it was Alex Smith or something. I can't remember. But there were like so many 
dumb picks I've seen. Ron Dane won it one year. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Like, come on. Like, it, the the Heisman hope. So the Heisman used to mean something back in the early '80s. And I'm going to talk about this in a minute because I don't want to go into the last call yet. But I, I would love to see Kyler Murray win, and I am hoping he wins. But if this is a pick, I think two is going to win. I just do. I mean, it's the one thing different about this year, though, compared to others, though. This is probably going to be the closest it's been. In it's going to be like 51 time. to 49. It's going to look like Hillary versus Donald, what they thought it was going to look like. Um, so, yeah. I, uh, all right. So that about wraps it up for uh, Heisman picks. And ladies and gentlemen, as I switch my voice tone and I take a sip of my whiskey. So we need to, we need to get some jazz music or something. Oh yeah, I, I'm definitely thinking about adding some jazz music to this. So I'm actually gonna look at when I edit this tomorrow after I get out of work. I will definitely do that. But ladies and gentlemen, the Heisman. I went on a little nauseam rant about the Heisman, and I'm gonna keep going. The Heisman used to mean something. You had great players, some of those dominant players in college football win it. And last year was one of the few times where actually it mattered because Baker Mayfield deserved that Heisman. But a couple years ago, Derrick Henry, maybe not. Uh, and I'm, I, you know what? I, I almost could pull up a list of like Heisman winners, and I'd want to puke my brains out. But here's the deal: it usually is, and unfortunately, is the nation's best quarterback or a running back who puts up ungodly stats. I think it was Charles Woodson was the last non-quarterback or running back to win, and that to me is the epitome of the Heisman. Because that year, my boy Seawood, probably one of my favorite non-Eagles of all time, dominated everyone. And as a kick returner, offensive guy, that's why I voted for Gabriel Peppers. I wanted to see him win so bad because he was like Charles Woodson 2.0. He's not as good in the NFL as Woodson is by any stretch, but same kind of thing. And to me... I love seeing creativity. I love seeing players who dominate both sides of the ball. I love seeing maybe a wide receiver who's uncoverable. I hate that it's become a quarterback popularity contest. And I mean, if, yeah, I mean, if like a running back who, I mean, we really haven't had a dominant running back this year in college football, but I, there needs to be something changing with the Heisman. I just, I feel like it's too much of a quarterback heavy contest. And that's what the Maxwell Award is for. That's what the Do- the Doak Walker Award is for the nation's best running back. Make it the nation's best, most explosive, fun to watch player. That is what the Heisman is supposed to mean. The most outstanding, outstanding player in college football. And I don't think any three of those guys are. The best case is Kyler Murray is the most outstanding player in college football to me. But the problem is number one Alabama with the most dominant team ever possibly. You know, it's an ESPN-run program. Two is the dude. And Nick Saban is all-knowing power. will probably control that. So I would love to see Kyler Murray win. Hell, Dwayne Haskins sneaks one out. But it's, let's be honest, it's going to be Tua. And I, I never want... The guy seems like a genuinely great guy. But ESPN has ESPN and the college football media have made me hate Alabama or at least hate to see Alabama guys win the that because it's just like, oh, they're so dominant. They're so dominant. You know what? We need to appreciate Alabama as a dynasty because they are the greatest college football dynasty ever. But that's me as a Miami fan who's watched five national titles, who has five national titles. I look at it like this, that Alabama, this this stretch that's been going on since 2008 when Nick Saban started, or 2009, and has gone through this year, 
Alabama is this is one of the greatest like dynasties ever in sports. It's up there with New England or uh, in football or you know Boston all time or you know one of the, pa- the Pittsburgh Penguins in the last ten years. Yeah, Mark, just shout out to you. Um, I I look at it like this. I just it's it's incredible to me. But at the same time, ESPN and the fa- and I, mean, I don't blame ESPN. ESPN, CBS. Every college, like those guys like Paul Feinbaum, who drive me crazy with the Alabama homerism, I can't anymore. I am rooting so hard to see another team win the national title this year. I am, you know, two is a great guy. I hope he goes to the NFL and set, breaks every passing record under the sun. I just, the flaw he's wearing that Kansas kind of uniform, somebody else got to win the national title this year. I, I can't. I want to see some parody because I love college football almost as much as I love pro football. And I don't even care if my, my Hurricanes may not win another national title for another 10 years. Who cares? I would just love to see like an Alabama or like an like a like oh god I, I almost said Notre Dame and I thought of it like God no that'd be horrible I would love to see like an Oklahoma win I'd rather even see Clemson win just because at least like then you know it's different so that's it for me Mark I know that I went a little long and then we're actually hour and seven today we're actually under we're actually not doing too shabby yeah I mean. Uh, everything you said was right about the Heisman. I think it's the Maxwell Award is what it pretty much is anymore. But it's either that or a running back. I think they'd need to expand it, kind of like the MVP this year in the NFL. And I think Aaron Donald should get it at this rate. If Mac played all year, all every game, he'd be in contention. But I think uh, Mac still has a shot. If he, he if he finishes the season out, he'll have a shot. I think he's yeah. there. And one thing is, I I want to make a quick point about Aaron Donald. This is driving me crazy. Everyone praises Aaron Donald. You realize who is who is defensive? His buddy in the trenches is right. It's Dominican Sue. Yeah. He gets single teamed once a, at least for half the game. That's not really showing much. Yeah. So I I think you know what? Take Dominican Sue away. Put some crappy defensive tackle next to Donald and see what happens. That's just what I'm gonna say. I still think he's gonna do pretty good. <laughs> oh, he's the, oh he's he's the top two D tackle. Him and Cox are miles above everybody. Yeah. Right now, Donald is better because Donald has a better guy next to him and is on an LA team. That's fair. Cox does Cox eats up blocks. So that's about it for us. Um, Mark, anything else? That's it. Tune in next week. Oh, yeah. Keep showing us love. Subscribe. Follow us on Twitter at BellyUpJared or BellyUpRiley. And pray that Mark picks all the teams that we need to lose this week so the Eagles can make the playoffs. And, yeah. So, uh, oh, yeah, by the way, my Timberwolves beat the Rockets last night. So, they're hot. I love it. And I'm, I'm feeling good about this. But, uh, yeah, that's about it for me. I am Jared Clem. That's Mr. That's Mr. Owen 5. And uh, we are out. This episode of The Corner Booth has been brought to you by Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network. Follow your hosts on Twitter at Belly Up Jared and at Mark Riley.